and the first day of school, right? I mean, when you're at Starbucks and they call your drink and you're like, I think that's mine, but that's not my name. Or you're at school and you're like just waiting for your name to be called and they call the wrong name and you're like, uh, that's not how you say it, but uh, let me tell you how it is. Um, so let me just tell you a few of the names that I've gotten. I mean, I've gotten the Alyssa's, which is totally fine. I've gotten the Elisa's, and that's totally fine too. But then things start getting a little bit weird, and people just cut off the A at the end and call me Elise, you know. I don't know why they do that. I mean, there's an A at the end. Or they do, they put some Z's in there, and they do Eliza. Don't really know. That was a school one. Um, and then there's also, sometimes I get Melissa, and I think, I, I think that one's my fault, I gotta be honest, because I'll introduce myself and I'll say, I'm Elissa, and I think they just put the two words together and they put Melissa or something, I don't really know. So now I'm just at the point where I'll just always say, my name is Elissa, just so that we can get that out of the way. Um, sometimes, one time I got Allison, but I gotta be honest, I have no idea where they got that one. Like, Allison, I don't really get that. Um, so some of you guys totally understand that, the mispronouncing. Um, but some of you might be like, okay, that's great, Elissa, like, I don't really get that. But maybe you have a nickname that you absolutely hate. And I don't know what that is for you. Maybe your grandma calls you Sweet Cheeks or your coach calls you Butterfingers or something like that. But maybe you just have a nickname that you can't shake. Um, and who knows what it is for you, but um, maybe it's not such a huge deal when people get our names wrong, but I think it's kind of understandable when, you know, it kind of bothers us that people get our names wrong, right? Because for, our names are pretty important, right? They're, our names are, are part of our identity, right? They, they give us identity, and the, um, our names have a lot to do with our identity, so it matters to us that people get them right. Right? And there's that first slide. So you, if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and write that down. Our names have a lot to do with our identities. So it matters to us that people get them right. And some of you in here may understand the negative side of names. Maybe people have called you names that have hurt you and caused pain in your life. Um, I'm just going to write a couple of these down. I already did. And we're going to go ahead and post them up on this board right here just to get us started. So maybe you've been called a loser, right? That hurts pretty bad. A loser. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see the end of this, Jason. <laughs> maybe you've been called annoying, right? We'll put that one up here. Yeah, it sounds like Jason to me. <laughs> maybe you've been called a loner? Yeah, shots fired. Maybe you've been called quiet. <laughs> you know? Who knows? Not you, man. But you've got some pretty sweet dance moves. I gotta be honest. I've seen you. Um, maybe you've been called weird. Maybe you've been called a nerd. Maybe, and I think this one kind of applies to Jason. Maybe you've been called a bully. Who knows? <laughs> Just saying. You know, <laughs> yeah, 
You know, labels can be pretty tricky. I know, I know. <laughs> so labels can be pretty tricky, um, and sometimes, you know, people really like to label each other, right? Some of us know this. People really like to label each other, and sometimes those labels can be really hurtful to us. These labels can actually really hurt us and cause us pain. And over time, if enough people call us a bully, call us a loser, call us a loner, we start to believe it about ourselves, right? Because if enough people say it's true, it must be, right? And we start then to become that label. And maybe many of you guys know this feeling. And perhaps you tried out for a team and you didn't make it. Or you auditioned for a play and you didn't make it. Or maybe you just have a nickname that you just can't shake. And you've been crushed by this label, yet some people say they're just kidding. So it shouldn't hurt, right? But yet it does. And it causes us a lot of pain when people label us these, these things. Um, maybe you've heard an untrue story about yourself, and you've heard it so many times that now you just start to believe it about yourself, and you've accepted it about yourself. Um, sometimes we get labels that we don't want, but it's so, it takes so much effort to get rid of those labels that we just tend to accept them about ourselves. And we say, yeah, I am a loner. Yeah, I am a nerd. And we start to accept it about ourselves, even though it really hurts us. So what do we do with these labels? They're a huge part of our lives, and we tend to label other people too, right? So what do we do with them? And who has the right to label us? And who gets the right to label other people? So that's what we're going to go ahead and talk about today. But before we talk, um, I just want to pray for us. So go ahead and bow your heads, and let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for this time, Lord. Lord, would you just be in this place, and would you just use me and use my words, Lord? Would your word just take root in our heart and change our lives, Lord? Change our weeks and just change how we view other people. Lord, would you just be in this place and use this time for your glory, Lord? We thank you and we love you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so... Here in JHM, we're in a series, and we're talking about three different people who had their lives completely flipped when they met Jesus. Um, so today, we're first going to talk about this lady who met Jesus, and she had a really painful label on her life. Um, now, first, let's kind of imagine this time and imagine where we are in this story. So Jesus is on a journey. Now, you see, Jesus has earned his own label at this time, and it's important to learn that. He earned a label of a miraculous healer. Now, that's a pretty sweet label, right? I mean, that'd be pretty cool to be called a healer. And he had performed all these miracles. So as you can probably guess, this made him pretty popular. And people were following him and trying to get close to him and ask him questions. And so he had this huge crowd following him. And so as this story begins, Jesus is on his way to heal the daughter of a really rich and important man. So just imagine this story. Jesus is walking, meeting this, this girl who's the daughter of a rich and important man just to heal her of her sickness. But on this journey to that house, Jesus meets someone who is way less dignified. So that's where we're going to start in our story in Mark 5, verse 24. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to Mark 5, 24. Mark. Mark. But this is Mark with a K, so 
a little different. Mark 5, verse 24. Mark 5. So if you don't have your Bibles or if you're still looking, it's up here on the screen. And it says uh, in verse 24, so Jesus went with him. Um, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. So we don't know a ton about this woman. But we know just a few things about her. So we're going to go ahead and put the labels that she's been given up here on the board. We know that she was poor. So we're going to put that label up here as well. She's poor. And we also know that she's really sick. And people labeled her because of this sickness. So she was sick as well. Now, um... People have labeled her poor and sick, and you see, people kept their distance from her because of this sickness. Now, it might have been because they were afraid that her sickness was contagious, so they wanted to keep a distance from her, but it's also important to note that in this time, people believed that your sickness was a punishment of your sins. So not only did they label her sick and poor, but they also labeled her a sinner. So we're going to add that one as well, because that one hurts as well. They labeled her a sinner. So we're going to add that one. So these labels, this is our next point, these labels became her identity because the whole town kept their distance from her. She started to believe these things about her because everyone kept their distance she was alone and forgotten because she was poor, sick, and people thought that she was a sinner. This became her identity. And uh, these people kept stayed away from her for a whole 12 years because she was subject to constant bleeding for 12 years. For some of you guys, 12 years is your whole lifetime, right? 12 years is a really long time. And they stayed away from her, and she felt alone and abandoned so, but let's listen to what happens next in verse 27. It says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behi behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. We're going to stop there. It says, you know, she was curious about Jesus. And she had heard all of the things that he had done and that he had healed people. And she was curious about him. So she decided to approach him. But... You see, it's important to note that she didn't speak to him. Now, maybe this was because she was afraid that maybe he would reject her just like everyone else had. Or maybe she thought she wasn't worthy enough to approach a man of this power and of this importance. So she didn't speak to him. She simply and quietly just touched Jesus' clothes. And it was at that exact moment that she touched his clothes that her world was flipped. So let's go ahead and read in verse 29. It says, immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? So absolutely terrified, this woman falls to the ground and admits what she's done. But what happens next is the best part of the story, I think, and it's simply amazing. And it's in verse 34. Jesus says, 
daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Jesus calls her daughter. He doesn't say, hey, you sick lady. Hey, you over there. Hey, you sinner. Hey, you person whose sickness will probably be contagious, so don't touch me. No, he calls her daughter. That's a really really amazing because her identity in that moment is completely changed. In fact, everything changes because Jesus also says, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And she did. She stopped bleeding and her sickness was healed. But I think Jesus was also talking about a different kind of suffering. He wasn't just talking about the painful physical suffering that she was experiencing. I think that Jesus also saw the painful names that people had called her and what pain and hurt that caused in her life. He saw that, but he gave her a new name, one that freed her from being a victim of everyone else's judgments. He, she thought, you see, she thought that she was a nobody. She thought that she was abandoned because no one paid attention to her. But Jesus said that she was a somebody, and he called her his daughter. So like the woman in the story, I'm sure that many of you guys have been given painful labels. Um, I know for me, when I was in eighth grade, I was given a label that I felt like I couldn't shake for a really long time. I remember there was this boy who told my friend that my friend shouldn't be friends with me because I was, where is it, annoying. He said that they shouldn't be friends with me because I was annoying. And for some reason, my friend thought it would be a good idea to tell me that. And I was really hurt, as you can imagine. And I remember going home that day and crying, and I was worried that everyone wasn't going to want to be friends with me because I was annoying, and I, it really hurt me. And that painful label stuck with me for a really long time until a couple years later when I went to camp. And I learned that I had a different label, that God called me his child, and that he also calls me his masterpiece. And it was at that moment that my life was flipped, because I knew that I was not trapped by my label. And I know that a lot of us, we often feel trapped by our labels. We feel like we either need to live them up, like if they're popular and powerful, we need to live those up and we need to be trapped by that. Or we feel like we have to live them down because we're not annoying, we're not ugly, we're not a nerd. We have to feel like we have to live them down and that traps us inside, right? We often feel like we're trapped. And some of you even come to church and you may not feel like you fit here. You might feel like because of your past or because of something that you have done, you don't feel like you belong here or with God. But Jesus, just like in this story, Jesus invites this woman to let him decide who she was and to leave the pain of the past. And just like this story, Jesus does the same thing with you. He sees everything that you are. He doesn't see the labels because that's not you. He created you. He sees every single thing that you are. And he calls you his son or his daughter, and he gives you a new label of his child. So we're going to change these painful labels to these big awesome ones that are called his child, because these are the ones that completely change our lives, and they flip our understanding around. So let's cover up these painful ones, right? With his child. Let's get one more on there. 
start to learn that we are his, that we are his daughter or we are his son, everything then changes. So you see, having that name means that you belong and that you matter to him. When you let him redefine you, everything in your life flips. Um, And I think that if you want to trust God's label for you as his child, then I think you should think about these two questions. First, who gets to label you? Decide who gets to define you because Jesus has already called you his child. So when people are calling you these different labels, remember that he already created you and that he loves you and that he has already labeled you as his beloved daughter or son. He calls you his child. And let him have the final word on that label. Second, who gets to label others? When you look at other people, you're going to be tempted to see their labels and see the things that the world has called them. And I think it's really easy for us, and we might not even realize that we're doing it. You might see other people as unlovable or unimportant, or you might see other people as popular and unapproachable, right? But most of the time, you won't even realize that you're doing this. But often, we don't realize that the way that we label people often ends up um, how we treat them as well, right? It ends up forcing us to treat them in this same manner. But what do you think would happen if we ended up treating people or deciding to see people as his child? Because I think that when we see people as his child, we then will be treating them as such, right? And we won't be treating them as their labels. You see, Jesus changed this woman's life when he changed her label and he gave her a new name. He changed the way people thought about her and the way that she thought about herself, right? And he wants to do the same for you. He's already created you and he loves you and he calls you a masterpiece and he's given you this label as his child. So let him define you and he wants to do this same thing for you. So I want you guys to go ahead and close your eyes for this point. Go ahead and close your eyes. So Jesus, think about this. Jesus wants you to know that you matter. Everything flips when you know that you are God's child. Imagine what it would be like to see only one label, just one. Not the painful ones that people have put on us, not the ones that say we're annoying, we're ugly, we're a nerd, we're unimportant, we're alone. Not those, just one label his child. So think about this question. How do our lives change when we believe that we are God's child? Think about that. How will your life change when you start to believe that you are God's child? God, we thank you for this time, Lord. Lord, would you just help us to remember that we are loved and that we are your child, Lord. Help us not to focus on the things that people have labeled us because, God, that is not what is important. Lord, you have labeled us your beloved daughter or your beloved son. Lord, we thank you for that. And help us to view other people the same way, that they are also your children. Because, Lord, when we believe that, we will then be treating them as such and we won't treat them 
as their painful labels as well. So Lord, help us in this week and let your word just take root in our heart, Lord. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we are going to go ahead and go out to breakout groups. Girls are in here. Guys are outside. The signs are going to be held up. So, yeah. Thanks, guys.